Welcome to the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B Cox and the crew. What up, what up, what up? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everybody out there. It's the crew from the Vault Classic Music Reviews. Your boy B Cox and my man J.O. We're here in the building, chopping it up, talking some music on cards, dominoes, drinks, and smoke. It's just a cool out session where we talk some topics and music, of course, of the music that we love and everything out. Me and my boy J.O. are going to chop it up here over a topic that we've discussed plenty of times here. And him and I both being in a lot of the same groups on social media and Facebook and such. Topics that have sort of emerged in the last and the changing landscape of hip hop. We're going to talk about a little bit about regionalism and hip hop and where it's gone and how it's changed in the last 10 to 15 years. And, and how the game has changed as a result of how regionalism has sort of slowly but surely disappeared. And is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? So we'll kind of discuss that. Jay, we, we talked about this a lot of times. Yeah, and absolutely. we've discussed this a lot of times on Facebook about regionalism and hip hop. And we used to talk about how it was so many different years ago that you would go to different parts of the country, whether it was New York, the boroughs in between themselves, the styles that they would have. Right. You would go to the South, and not just the South altogether. You had Atlanta, mm-hmm. you had New Orleans, you had Houston, Miami. You had Miami, you had the Virginia Beach, you had the Carolinas. Yep. Then you got to the West Coast, and it wasn't just all Cali, and it wasn't just LA. It was LA, South Central, it was Long Beach, it was Compton. Compton. It was then you get further up towards the bay. Right. That was like and, a whole different style. A whole different style as well. And then you get further up the coast and go up to Seattle. And, and Washington, and it's a completely different. Then, to not discard flyover country, you get into the Midwest, mm-hmm. and you got Cleveland, and the Midwest with Chicago, yeah, and then even Detroit and Kansas City. Everybody has their own distinct style. One of the things I was talking to you about this was the documentary that's now, series that's now on Netflix, The Hip Hop Evolution. Right. That is now in the second season. It's one of the best things I think that has happened to Netflix as far as when it comes to original original programming, you see really where the regionalism was in hip hop and how it was a benefit to the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like they've done a very good job as far as covering like just regionalism. Not to say like the focus of it is regionalism, but it really acknowledges like you know every region's contribution into hip hop. Exactly. You know, what I mean, like and it, just different aspects of it, whether it's like the DJ aspect of it. You know, of course, you know. Yeah. I mean, just to give all types of props to the West Sydney and Mass. Yeah, it started in Jamaica and Yard, yes. and then it was with Cool Herc bringing it up to New York in like the mid '70s, and then it just spread out through there, and then Philly becoming like, um, and this is some really people don't um, talk about, like Philly becoming really a powerhouse for DJs in like the '80s. Yeah, because I mean, okay, to all of you post millennials, um, I'm just <laughs> going to just address this, like. <laughs> Jazzy Jeff just wasn't a person on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, he's a phenomenal DJ. A phenomenal he's DJ. He's, like, one of the best, if not the best, in hip-hop. He's definitely, like, top five. Like, that's, like, just his contribution to the game but as a DJ. Like, one of the first Transformer DJs. And then, like, just everything he's contributed. Because, I mean, and, and I guess like, I could tie this in, too. Like, you know, Will Smith is not just an actor that just made some songs that were happy after the fact. No, he, it was DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Exactly. And, like, at, back at that time, you know, the DJ came before the rapper, you know what I'm saying? It was like DJ Jazz, Jeff the Fresh Prince, Eric B and Rakim, um, Pete Rock, CL Smooth. Move. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, 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 the DJ was first. Yeah. But just like, you know, 
just different areas and just you think about different people to put it down like DJ Sabu out of New Orleans so I didn't even know it was Manny Fresh's father like and mm-hmm. how big of a deal he was yeah you know what I mean like um, God rest his soul it just spread out just on the DJ aspect of it and then you talk about the MC aspect you know, which is a whole different area and just a producer aspect and like mm-hmm. the different styles what's of the game I mean so you know just re- it just really brought everything together as far as regionalism to really contribute to this culture and why it's been such a powerhouse for almost like the past 50 years you know what I mean so exactly and it speaks a lot to the DJ and is and I love how you brought that up. And every single one of these epo episodes of hip hop evolution, they talk about how any type of sound that developed in any area that any of these areas we mentioned all started from a DJ or a group of DJs anywhere you go. The latest episode that I watched of hip hop evolution with the, the one where they led off where well, they talked about Houston and screw music. Mm-hmm. They talked about Memphis and gangster walking, but then also with Three Six Mafia, and then they also went to Atlanta and crunk music. Every single one of those started with the DJ. Yep. In Houston, it was the May God Rest His Soul DJ Screw, right. who started a revolution and a movement with screw music that still resonates to this day. Sure, where where yeah, most, most of the most of the screwed up click is gone now. But yeah, like, exactly. You no, know, just like it was just amazing what screw put down as far yeah. as like that sound. Exactly. Memphis with DJ Spanish Fly that led on to a couple other acts that eventually led to Three Six Mafia and their sound. Mm-hmm. Then Crunk Music with Lil John with him as a DJ and his influence to the things that he was looking to do musically. And it all started from a from DJs. DJs were at the forefront of creating sounds for these areas, no matter where you were. So now where has that gone? Because what we have now is that you would have people, and we talk about those different areas. Not every rapper from every area all sounded the same, but there was that sound. There was something culturally that tied the sound of an area together, no matter where you went. You could even talk about some of the old school DC area rappers that we, we that you know, pre-internet that we, 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 we see that would come out between Section 8 Mob to Black Indian, you know, to Nonchalant, to Stinky Dink. Stinky Dink, and a lot of different other rappers like that. A lot of that was tied into go-go music and and the sound was a, a very go-go influenced and you sort of know and be able to listen between accents and between sound and beats like the beats were the big thing that tied all right bam this is what type of sound that you got and then also right. it kind of got to where you could also distinguish people by their styles right you would have a group like bone from out of cleveland that had that that rapid fire the rapid fire rapping style that they popularized that became a style of their own which coincidentally talking about the three six mafia thing there was a beef between three oh. six and bone about who originated that style i remember the song live by your rap yeah like, that was mm-hmm. i mean that's i don't even think that's on anybody's radar but that was a pretty vicious diss like just oh yeah way, like i would i could take a pitchfork out the fire soak it in your chest I'm like, yeah damn yeah. like mm-hmm. thousand razor blades slice it through your flesh i'm like y'all ain't playing around are right you? and that's that goes back to another thing that we talk about with regionalism is that even though people had styles if you took somebody's style like snoop dogg said in the interview that was considered biting yeah if you took somebody's style he was like rappers would sound similar but they wouldn't sound the same slick rick dana dane sounded similar but were not the same right bone thugs and three six sounded similar but they were not the same and then um just back to the whole rapid fire like staccato sound i think i think it's just like a staple of the midwest like yeah I mean, everybody 
everybody didn't necessarily rap like Bone per se, but when it came like spitting that rapid fire style, every yeah, Midwest artist yeah. I can think of could do it. I've, I've heard Royce the Five Nine do it. I've heard Eminem do it. I've heard the Brat do it. Twister, Twister, yeah, Twister, yeah. like just mm-hmm. that's, that's just another planet, like, another planet, exactly. But yeah, it's like, yeah. Um, I mean, it's just like it, I guess it's like that's just like their staple. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, some people tried to I don't want to say bite that style, but didn't do it as actually I'm not even gonna say bite or. Well, it started by paying homage because I'm yeah because Biggie actually did on Notorious Thugs and like mm-hmm. I'll I'll never forget like when I first heard a drink like I mean just like the whole bill like no Tori yeah. and then and he just came Armed and Dangerous dude my jaw dropped when I heard yeah that drink. yeah that yeah and that was the very first track on disc number two right <laughs> <laughs> it, it's something to be said about regionalism the way it existed in hip hop years and years ago and I think you and I we come from a little bit of different planes when it comes to music. I was primarily when I was younger, I was primarily an East Coast hip hop head. Mm. So the first people that I listened to when I first started getting heavily into music were New York artists. In the early days, it was LL Cool J. Mm. It was a lot of digging in the crate stuff. It was Pete Rock and CL Smooth. Eventually, it was Biggie, Jay-Z. Earlier than that, I could hear stuff like Aaron B and Rakim, KRS-One, Big Daddy Kane, Juice Crew, mm. you know, things like that. But. As I got into music, I started to understand and get into a lot of these different sounds. And I started to appreciate them even more. The advent of G-Funk, to be able to see these West Coast artists, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, The Dog Pound, Mm -hmm. be able to see artists like Too Short and E-40 and Richie Rich, you know, artists like The Loonies. And then not only that, as I got further on, listening to artists like Outkast in Atlanta, and then also, while I didn't like No, no Limit, Master P, and Cash Money back then, mm-hmm. as I got to be able to to understand the music for what it was, I appreciated it even more. Appreciating what Bone brought to the table with their style and their skill level. Then also being able to appreciate what someone like Common did. Then also seeing what artists like the Ghetto Boys and seeing stuff like Screw Music and people like Lil Kiki and Zebo and right. being able to hear things like UGK and then listen to artists like Devin. Right. <laughs> you know, to me, what regionalism did back then is that it gave me a music to satisfy whatever mood it was that I was in. And you primarily, you talk about some, you were really heavy in the West Coast hip hop when you were a lot younger. Probably when you were at the stage when I was in the New York artist, you were probably into probably more West Coast artists as you spoke about many, many different times. Right. So to you, what what was it like? Primarily being in the West Coast hip hop, but then being able to also go to different artists for their regions and to be able to see what kind of, you know, what they, what they had to offer and what it offered to you musically. So, like, I would say, like, my, like, I was really into, like, the West Coast scene, like, the whole G-Funk scene, probably, like, my, probably, like, about 12, 13. I mean, I did listen to, like, the all like LLs and, like, Eric B. Rakim's and stuff like that. Because, mm-hmm. like, it was my, I think it was my mother that actually put me on, like, the Fat Boy when I was little and like, LL mm-hmm. Cool J, which was crazy. Like, yeah. I, I still remember, like, the first time I heard I'm Bad. And I was, like, little when I heard that joint. Oh, like, yeah. And that's just a testament. Like, you know, all those artists came out of New York and just sounded so different. And mm-hmm. then, like, you know, fast forward to now, everybody else sounds like they from down south or trying to do drill music or just act like, you know, I mean, I mean, I know, I, mean, I don't want to jump the gun there, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But going back to like the whole G Funk scene, I mean, just even out of Death Row, like, you know, everybody wasn't trying to sound like Snoop. No, nah. it, it'd have been pretty obvious if you were trying to bite Snoop. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and then Death Row, they really don't. I mean, people really don't think about it, but like, you just think about like, you know, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, 
he wasn't on Death Row, but like Warren G, Dog mm. Pound, mm-hmm. Daz as a producer and as a rapper, and then Corrupt, who I think arguably probably will be considered the most lyrical one on Death Row. Like, yeah, just cross. You can make up. an argument. Yeah, yeah. So like you know, and plus I mean he's not even really from the West, originally from the West Coast. He's a, he's a Philly cat. Philly, yeah. They came out of there when he was sixteen. So like it was just diversity in there. And then I'm just thinking of other artists that were out on the West Coast at that time. Like even you can talk about the alcoholics. Oh yeah, folks like you know, and then the alcoholics crew to folks like Tash. You were talking about lyricists, Tash and Exhibit. You I know, I don't think ta- I don't think Tash has lungs, bro. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't think he, I don't think he has a set of lungs. Where yeah, he just, like just goes like, dude, like you didn't like exhale, inhale once you spit that verse. Yeah, and yeah, just, like, fire like fire. Yeah, and then like yeah, like Exhibit Tash. Uh, who else? I mean, Bay Area. Yeah, you had like a oh E forty definitely E forty E forty. You talk about too short folks Spice, like Paris Spice One Spice One. Like you, you know, know I mean? like I mean honestly, even artists like MC Eight. Out of you know and and, like and the old Gia. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> like it's something to be said listening to West listening to West Coast hip hop and being able to know and be like I right, it's not like this it can't just be be put into the box of Death Row or L A it's mm-hmm. like there was the West Coast itself was so nuanced as a as a subgenre of hip hop. And that's the thing that I think more so than anything else is that you had these subgenres within the game right. that sort of gave somebody whatever it is that they wanted. Now you had some people that would stick to one subgenre or two subgenres and then would be like, I'll oh, fuck the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And then you had some of them like myself who sort of dabbled in a little bit of everything. And to me, that's why I think it was so key because it was like, all right, well, what kind of mood am I in right now? Mm-hmm. If I'm studying, maybe it might be KRS one or maybe it might be Talib Quali or Most Deaf. If I'm trying to be inspired about beats, I might listen to Gangstar or some Primo beats. Or if I want to be vibed out, I might listen to some Dre and some Snoop Dogg and some West Coast. If I'm smoking and 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 vibed out, I might listen to Devin or Three Six Mafia perfect. or Screw Music. Perfect. For that, perfect. <laughs> you know, if I'm trying to get hype, I might listen to some Bone or some Lil John. Some crunk music. If I'm trying to really vibe out on some extra cool shit, maybe it's some early outcasts. And, you know, if you're trying to party, it's Lil John and crunk music and, and Luke and, and right, you know, like, or mean, Go-Go or something. You know and, then like, um, and then with regionalism, I mean, you know, like down south, I mean, okay, yeah, the, the area as far as like down south is pretty huge. It's like all the cities. But then, like, another thing I didn't like, I mean, it may be like with regionalism, like, it really made you like pay homage, like what everybody contributed to the game. I exactly. Mean, like, like case in point, Luke is a basic hero to hip hop, bro. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? Like, um, I mean, okay, yeah, like you know the whole thing with NWA, like fuck the police and censorship and all that, like, all like that. Luke got it worse, bro. Like, he did. Luke was going to jail for his lyrics, exactly, you know I mean? like, and, and performances, and performances, and, and just and, and if, they, if he would have lost that case. Hip hop would have been like heavily regulated. Exactly. And would, I mean, it probably wouldn't even be around now if, it was, if he had lost that case. As far as back, people getting out there saying what they wanted to say. So mm-hmm. like, people. I mean, I think people need to hold Luke in higher regard. As far as that, absolutely. And because he he helped to be able to kick down the door as far as being for freedom of expression and yeah. that First Amendment right mm-hmm. that we have. And I'm glad that he got his flowers at the hip hop honors a couple of years ago right. that people are finally given. And I do. And that song, Born and Raised in the County of Day, where Pitbull comes and says, when it comes to 305, tricks the mayor, but Luke's the king. Yep. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's true. It's true. You know? And so, it's uh, it, you're right. It's important because the, everyone's contri- contribution to the game, 
to me, I sort of look at hip hop and being a West Indian, I look at it sort of hip hop is sort of like the way I look at West Indian food, right? Mm-hmm. Well, all West Indian food is not just jerk chicken and <laughs> and ackee and saltfish. No disrespect <laughs> to my Jamaican brothers and sisters, to the yard men and women, the brethren and sistren. Yo, there's so many different things about West Indian cuisine is you have, you know, stuff like doubles and roti that you get from Trinidad, oil down from my country in Grenada. You have, you know, stuff like the Spanish cuisine, tostones and also chicharron and and, you know, things like that. Roast pork and stuff that you get from Cuba. You have things like flying fish and cuckoo you get from Barbados. You have Haitian dishes you know, that come to the table. So to me, that's what hip hop regionalism and hip hop was. It was about, you know, when you talk about West Indian cuisine, hip hop consumption was about what everybody can contribute to a culture. Subculture is pretty much contributing to the greater culture. We talk about what happened then and compare it to what has actually happened now. Right. And how the music scene has changed because how popular music has changed. And now what you have is the way music is being consumed. Everyone sort of jumps on a wave and the popular artists, the ones who are being played on the radio now, which a lot of the younger kids, we know you can listen to them. And now a lot of them are indistinguishable. You don't really know where they are, who they from and what they rep and what they're about. You hear, like you said, it's a lot of trap stuff, a lot of drill music, mm-hmm. a lot of fusion of pop and techno and house and things that sort of come in to make this stuff that they they sort of loop in to make hip hop. You know, like, for example, Tyler, the creator, won best hip hop album of the year with Igor. Right <laughs> now, let's get this out the way. I'm not a huge Tyler fan of his music. I can appreciate his artistry, though. Because I think he is amazing. The fact that he's produced so many of those tracks, what he's done musically, sonically wise, I think it's great. I don't necessarily think what that Igor is a hip hop album. And he even said this after he won his Grammy. He said, well, you know, they try to put me in a box of hip hop. And he said, I think they kind of use that and they see if it's a black person doing it. It's sort of like the hip hop. It's the equivalent of the N word. He said, but they put me in this box when I don't think that I fit just in that box. You know, so expand is arising. Expand is arising. So I, I get it, and I understand the way the music is because now people, more so than ever, they want artists to cross over because that's where the success lies. If you can cross over, if your track could be played like with us, if it could be played on ninety three, and then it also could be played on ninety nine point five. Right. You know, so, I mean, one yeah. person, one person definitely did that was Kanye West with eight oh eights and heartbreaks. Oh yeah, so definitely. Joint, um, yeah, the joint, the joint heartless. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I mean, I know people were people rock on Kanye, you know what I'm saying? His first three albums, college dropout, late registration, graduation, but then like I don't know, I just like it was just my observation after um eight oh eight's heartbreaks came out and the heartless um was out there and like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I definitely I, and I know seventy percent of people that buy hip hop is white, but I just like yeah. heard more people like singing along the Heartless and the auto tune oh, and yeah. all that and yeah. That's another thing too, like everybody like abusing auto tune as yeah. far as like Be- yeah. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's a it's a formula now that people have taken and it's like pressing control C on the keyboard and pressing control V. It's mm. copy and paste. Mm. It's cut or control X and control V. It's cut and paste and copy and paste. So now you have artists like Bobby Schmurder and artists like ASAP Mob and uh, and these New York artists that sound nothing like their predecessors but are probably having greater success than their predecessors had commercially right. because the music is popular. 
And and so you sort of look at some of the artists nowadays and you have their outliers with every single genre. So you have, you know, guys, like artists like Wine B. Corday, you have Big Crit. To me, Crit doesn't fit into the box that people will put him in. You have J. Cole, you got Joey Badass. You have a lot of different other folks out there. So we'll put in guys like Earl Sweatshirt, and which I'm not too familiar with his music. You know, uh, a yeah, lot so of different other joints. Though. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of good, good, some good joints. So there's some that don't necessarily fit into the box. But now it's like the regionalism is sort of gone because now it's like, oh, this artist, where is he from? Because now you can't tell. Right. And that's some people think that's a good thing because they think that it's like, okay, you get outside of this box because there's some people that will make the argument that regionalism is a box. Hmm. True. Okay, and that artist put themselves in a box. Now it's sort of like you make, you make it, you get outside that box, and now you can sort of, I guess, like you said, we talk about artists crossing over, and some people look at that as a good thing. I'm not one of them because I sort of want my hip hop to be hip hop, and I want other stuff to be other stuff. You know, now hip hop can be many different things, and it can sound many different ways, as regionalism showed us. Mm-hmm. But I want my hip hop to be hip hop, and if it's not that put it in that other category where it fits in with pop or it fits yeah. in with with whatever category you want to put it into you know yeah definitely i mean like um and i just think about those examples like i guess the like the ones that are um considered top tier now like say um kendrick lamar or j cole or crit or wale or something like that now we'll say well, wale i mean like early in his career he was kind of infusing go-go with like you know mm-hmm. his songs like now but like now he's you really can't tell unless he's like using certain slang or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and J. Cole, I mean, with him, you really, you would, you wouldn't even know he was like from North Carolina unless he like was shouting it out, like, you know, Fayetteville, Fayetteville, and everything yeah. like that. And um, mm-hmm. I guess, like, produ- I guess, ties production wise too. I mean, because I mean, North Carolina really never had a sound. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, or I guess a better example would be like Kendrick Lamar. I mean, it's kind of like far as like holding on to it, but he's in, he's in a place where like people, it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah. Because I think like, his stuff does sound West Coast, like at least with Good Kid, Mad City. You know what I'm saying? It definitely yeah. sound West Coast. I mean, I guess like you know, the folk, it wasn't that traditional West Coast sound. He was he was shouting out Compton, but I guess with him, mm-hmm. he was holding on to that. But it, it, in a, in an industry like or at a time period now where like you know really like people really aren't focusing on that. Yeah, I'm just thinking about like how it. I mean, that's one way. I mean, because I do think like maybe that bridge like or that wall coming down like you know really like help them as far as getting out there because mm-hmm. i maybe i mean possibly if regionalism was still up you know people really wouldn't be messed with the west coast like that because remember like oh, it was a long time before people messed with the west coast again like yeah you know what i'm saying until game came out yeah and like you know he kept a west coast or like you know like i said north carolina didn't have a sound then j cole came out yeah nobody was definitely i mean aside from david bannon maybe crooked letters nobody was really thinking about mississippi mississippi and, crit, and yeah. then crit came out i mean crit is definitely southern but like yeah you know like i think like not having that wall definitely helped him get out there and get his name out there and they're all dope artists so yeah kind of a double-edged sword i guess you could say as far as like regionalism not being a big thing anymore yeah but i, I will say i do think it like kind of puts i, I kind of put the pressure back on the artists as far as like being able to hold that, that sound you know what I mean? As opposed, as opposed to like having everything sound the same, like yeah, just because just because it's a down south beat doesn't mean it has to be trap. You know what I mean? Exactly right. Because we were in the spaces when we had down south beats mm-hmm. when they weren't necessarily considered to be trap. I mean, before Lex Luger and down south producers like Organized Noise, and then later people like Tomp, mm-hmm. you know, and Manny Fresh be able to put out beats and you know they were down south beats but they weren't trap beats but they were dope you know and i think another thing to go along with that with production is that now the producers are all starting to make the same type of beats because that's the the those are the beats that the labels want 
that the radio clamors for because that's the type of music that everyone wants. But I think the art of producing suffers when everybody sort of starts getting into carbon copy mode. Absolutely. The thing that I loved about when in regionalism earlier in the game is that every producer had their style. And even if they were West, whether it was West Coast, down South, or East Coast, you could tell the producers different their, their signatures from each other. West Coast, we talk about Dre. Dre being different from Daz, being different from DJ Quick, being different from Battle Cat. Right. East Coast, Primo being different from Pete Rock to being different from Large Professor to being different from guys like Easy Mo B and Clark Kent right. and even a guy like Stevie J or D-Dot to... Organized Noise being different from Manny Fresh to what you hear from uh, DJ Paul and Juicy J. Beats by the Pound. Beats by the Pound to being different from No ID to being different from Beat Miners to everyone that we kind of throw in there. Everything was sort of different. Now, a lot of these popular producers, nobody distinguishes themselves unless you hear a damn vocal tag. Mustard on the beat, ho. <laughs> you know, like. which I'm, which I'm hoping I'll, which I'm hoping I don't have to hear again for a very long time. <laughs> I got my own feelings on mustard. I give him props for him making things pop, man. But I, I'm gonna leave that for another topic, man. I, I'll just say this about it. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I, <laughs> see, I'm, I'm that person that got to that got to run back to the seat of the crime, like like dump another slug, and you, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying, right. <laughs> a lyrical slug, you know what I'm saying? I promote violence, ladies. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So basically, with mustard, honestly, I say, I would say it's kind of, and I say this about another producer too, but I'll say, I say I feel like his beats are kind of bubble gummy. Yeah, they are. And I will say that about another producer, that many people may hold near and dear, but I'm just gonna put it out there. I gotta say that about Swiss Beats too. You know what? <laughs> there are a lot of people out there that would agree with you. I mean, he has he has some joints. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, he okay, does. Rough Riders Anthem and um, which I really want like them joints. Like he has a couple, but yeah, there's a lot of joints that were, in my opinion, like you know, it sounded hyped then. But like you go back and listen to it now, it doesn't give you the same feeling. It doesn't. Yeah. Um, you made his money though. Yeah. <laughs> and he and he has a nice wife, so yeah, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, two, yeah, two, wives two nine wives exactly. Yeah, but, like, I mean, yeah. Yeah, nah, but I understand. <laughs> you definitely can listen to that to Swiss Beats, and some people would say the same thing. So I guess sort of to close this out is, does it matter that we don't have regionalism and hip-hop anymore? Does it matter to, to – so I'll frame this in a couple of different ways. Does it matter at large whether we have it anymore, and does it matter to the heads – whether it does that it's not as prevalent anymore. So you could sort of take that from two perspectives and um as far as the heads, I mean, I guess it kind of break it breaks down as far as like how old the heads are. Maybe the younger heads don't care, but as like older heads, I mean, that kind of added to the allure of the artist like, you know, cuz one of the things I, I I really appreciate about regionalism like along with the sound and along with like, you know, maybe the person's accent like just knowing like, you know, how they were getting down like as far as like where they were from. Because like somebody from Chicago may not have the same experience as somebody from like a DC or New Orleans, LA, whatever like that, and I just feel like along with the regionalism disappearing, like the subject matter is too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and then, and I'm pretty sure you could attest to this too. Like, maybe you hear somebody like walking down the street with their Beats by Dre headphones or the earbuds. I've never been a big fan of earbuds. Mm-hmm. I just want to take care of them. But like, and it's funny because I was talking about um, um, Mario. I mean, I, I don't know if you remember Mario when we went to Morgan with. Yeah, yeah. So like he had that joint on Facebook, like you know, like this how the sound bleed all sounds the same. Like he has a sound bleed. Yeah, those like every single hi hat. Yeah, and the hi hat rolls. Them joints all sound the same. Like, duh, producer, step y'all game up, please. Like, jeez, man, it's like 
control C, control V. <laughs> right. I mean, like, and and and, and people want to like kind of put that on, like you know, producers still using all use the same program, whether it's the FL or Reason or GarageBand. I personally don't think that matters. You still got to bring your own flair to it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Be it like a sample, or be it like you know sound packs which they're like billions of them i'm sure by now probably you don't have to sound like the person's on the radio yeah one thing about and that's the thing about that kind of ties with hip-hop as a whole a culture it was built on rebellion and like i mean just yeah. like just and i'm gonna expand it like you know if one mc sounded like a certain way you didn't go sound like the mc it's like okay yeah you rocking you good and everything like that but this time i'm rocking over here i'm gonna bring my own style to the table i remember like even with djs i'm gonna scratch my own way like you ain't gonna put this record or you're not gonna like you know what i'm saying like just twist like this like and going back to the whole thing about jazzy jeff what makes him so phenomenal i can't remember where he was doing the show at but like this man managed to find a beat inside the beat that just like like I was just full of it. Matter of fact, he was, it was at um, Aaliyah, tell me you that somebody. Yeah. And like, it was just one part he just like, kept on repeating, like scratching over and over again. It was like another bounce beat inside the beat. Like, mm-hmm. just like that type of, like, like that type of contribution. I mean, I think it hurts, like, you know, everybody's trying to scratch the same way, produce the same way, and rap the same way. So, like, honestly, I think it's, I think that's hurting it for the long run, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jazzy Jeff is on another level. He's on Yoda type level when it comes to <laughs> both DJing and also producing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting now how this game has changed, how the perception of DJs have changed now too, because the skill le- well, the skill level now I believe amongst the younger DJs is not where it was amongst their predecessors, the greats that we all know them. Mm-hmm. And to answer to for me to answer the question, does it matter? And I think I can mirror what you say to the heads like our age. I think it matters a little bit. I think we see that the game is changing, and there's not much that we can do about it. Right. So it's sort of like. Our parents, when hip hop wasn't around to when it's around now, they see that the the music is changing. It may not necessarily be that they're liking, but that's the way that the, that music is. To the younger heads, I don't think they'll, it'll matter too much as well. But I think when they get 15, 20 years down the road to where we are, music and hip hop may be something different and they'll feel the exact same way that we do. And then hip hop will evolve again into something else to the mainstream I don't think any, it doesn't really matter because if you listen to what's on the radio, especially particularly popular music radio and not yeah. just the, the urban stations to the pop stations, they sort of kind of mirror each other now. Now, the, the, the pop stations, you'll hear a little bit more non-melanated music. Mm-hmm. But even so, <laughs> even now, the non-melanated music is starting to bleed in with elements from stuff that you hear right. in the hip hop music now. And there's so many crossover things happening with people doing things with these pop artists doing things with hip hop artists and these genres, like you said, things starting to bleed over into each other. Now, like I listen to like 99.5 now and before 94.7 fresh FM slipped, switched their, their format. You started hearing a lot of different other things. The same thing you would hear on those, you would hear on 93.9 and 95. I remember when 95 went to try to go pop, a little bit a few years ago when they I switched remember. there. I remember. It was almost like you were listening to the same type of thing you were listening to on those 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 more pop stations, top 40 stations. So I don't think it matters because, as we know, mainstream is all controlled mostly by youth. When we were of that age, when we were in high school and, and we were young adults, that's who controls what pretty much is. Well, we know who controls what's being put on television and radio. Absolutely. But that's what dictates the, their behaviors and what they like is what dictates what be was put on television and radio. 
it's a little bit concerning for me being where I'm at to be able to listen to music and me not know the difference between, and maybe this is my ignorance because somebody who's onto this type of music will tell me, no dummy, this, this person sounds like this and this person sounds like that. I've, I've heard that about trap, but, but yeah, I mean, but to me, when I listen to young thug or listen to Travis Porter or listen to, uh, I don't know, even some stuff by Tyler or by these dudes like Lil pump or, <laughs> or, you know, a couple of these other Whoever these whoever's popping nowadays, because I don't know. Right. You know, I can't tell the difference between a couple of them, though. Some people will be able to tell me that young dog music sounds like this. And I'm like, but it's not that feeling when I'm coming down the street and I hear Dre. I know it's Dre. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm coming down the street and I know it's Primo or it's a difference from what I'm hearing from Preet Rock or what I'm in. Or let's take it a step further. I can hear Manny Fresh and I know that that's Manny Fresh versus whether I know that's DJ Paul. Right. So. That's pretty much where we're at. We have the discussion a lot. We want to keep hearing from you all, man. Make sure that you are, are hitting us up, man. The Vault Classic Music Review. This is Cards, Dominoes, Drinks, and Smoke. We would love to have a lot more discussion topics like this. So hit us up at Twitter, on Twitter, at Vault Classic, at Vault CMR Podcast on Instagram, at It's Lesson, of course, for me on Instagram as well. Personally, that's at ITS Lesson. Facebook and YouTube, The Vault Classic Music Reviews. Hit us up, email I-V-E-C-R-E-A at gmail.com. Let us know what it is you want us to talk about. We'd be glad to discuss it. But this is our discussion topic, man. Hit us up. Let us know what you're doing. Thanks for listening. We are going to sign out of this, man, and we'll get you with another edition of Cards, Dominoes, Drinks, and Smoke. And until next time, y'all be easy. Peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at I-V-E-C-R-E-8.